We're beginning from the first line, Luchotz and Velom Yavmi. So the Gemara here is going to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that anything that you're Chayev, all of Mishim Shvus, anything that is an Isid Rabbanan to do it on Shabbos and on Yom Tov, it's Asr on both. And there are certain things that stand as an Isid Rabbanan, like riding an animal, climbing a tree, swimming. There are certain things that are Roshus, they're a quasi-mitzvah, and nonetheless the Rabbanan Asr them. And then there are things that Mamash and Mitzvah and the Rabbanan still answer them. So we're going through now the middle, the ones that are Rishus, that are quasi Mitzvah, and the Rabbanan answer them. What are they? Um, to be, to judge, to be done. The second one is to be Makadish and Isha. And the third one is Lochol Sin Vlomi Abmin. That's what we're picking up. Lochol Sin Vlomi Abmin. You're not allowed to do Chalitza even when a man dies and he leaves his wife without children. It is a Mitzvah on the brother to either be Abmin to marry her or to be Chalitz. And, uh, to free her. Now, the Gemara says, that's Mamash a mitzvah. Von mitzvah kavi, he's Mamash doing a mitzvah here. Why do you refer to this only as a rashes, as a quasi mitzvah? Well, it's rich, it's necessary, it's only considered a quasi mitzvah in a case dick of God where there's an older brother. Why? Because the mitzvah is specifically on the oldest brother to the Yibum when there's an oldest brother. So in such a case, it's only considered a rashes. Now, Vakulu time in my, all of these cases, judging and being Makadish and Nisha, Cholet and Miabim, why did the Rabbanan forbid it on Yom Tiver and Shabbos? What's the reason? The reason is Gzair Hashem Yichtuf. There's a Gzair you might write. You might write down the Psaq Din. You might write down the Shtar or an engagement, Shtar or Or you write a Shtar to document the Chalitza. Or you write a Ksuba if you do Yibu. So in all these cases, the Rabbanan forbade it. Ve'elim Mishum Mitzvah, the last case in the last group of things in the Mishnah was things that are actually a Mitzvah and the Rabbanan forbid it anyways. Lo Makilishin, you can't be Makdish things. Make them hektish, flow marichin, you can't say you're going to give your erich, your value that the Torah prescribes, you're not allowed to give that to, or commit to give that to the Reis HaMikdash, flow macharimin, and you're not allowed to say things archeum, which is another form of hektish. Now, gzeira, what's the reason for all of this? It's gzeira mishu mekachumemke. It's gzeira because of mekachumemke. You might come to buying and selling. And Rashi explains because when you make something hektish, you transfer it from your rishas to hektish, which is very similar to what you do when you buy and sell things. And Maishas in the mission said you're not allowed to raise separate trumas and Maishas. So the Gemara asks, Pshita, it's Pasha, you're not allowed to separate trumas and Maishas. If before you separate them, you're not allowed to eat the fruits and vegetables, and after you separate them, now you can eat them, you've been mitake them. It's a form of tikkun mana, and it's Pasha that it should be Aser. So what's the Chiddush? Tanya Yosef it's a necessary Chiddush to be taught. Ella, litna lekoin, only in the case when you want to actually give it to the Kohen Bobiom on the day that you separate it, meaning to separate it and put it aside to give them to the Kohen, to the lady later, that's certainly going to be Yasser. But to separate it, to give it to the Kohen right away, to actually, as you're separating and giving it to the Kohen, we could argue that in such a case it's not Muchach, that you're actually being attacking the fruit. It could just be interpreted as you're giving a gift to the Kohen. And therefore... Why are you giving a gift to the Kohen? Why have you been attacking it in the process? And that's what the mission is saying, that nonetheless it's Asr and the Rabbanim. Now this is all true, that which it's Asr to be mafresh, to is true, when you have payers that became Tevil yesterday. Tevili means when they become Tevil, meaning when you're Chayev to separate Tumas and Ma'ish, just like we discussed before, you had a Gemara Molacha, and it was Raya Pnei Abayas, so at that point in time, you could have separated the Tumas and the Ma'ish, and you didn't. So then on Yom Tev, you're not allowed to be mafresh. I will pay it to Vili Hayden, but Paris that became Tevil today, for example, could go on Esau, like a dough. You separate, you needed a dough on Yamdiv, 
the only time you could have separated challah is after you need a dough. After you need a dough, you have to separate challah. So lafushim in a challah to separate from that dough a challah on yamtiv mafreshin, and you're allowed to separate it in the cone, and you're allowed to give it to the cone. And since you couldn't have done it yesterday, it's mutter. Right now, we said that there's three groups in the Mishnah. The first group is things that are mishum shvus. There's an issue to them. Then there's mishum rishus that even though there's a rishus, it's a quasi mitzvah, it's still aser. And then there's the ones that are mishum mitzvah, and even though it's a mitzvah, it's still aser. But the Mishnah referred to them as the first group is mishum shvus. There's an iser, there's a shvus, there's an iser drabanan to do them. Then there's mishum rishus, there's a rishus, and then the mitzvah. The problem is. Of course, the Mishnah means to say that there's a shvus, there's an iser to do them. There's a, the word shvus means like to be shavis, to rest, meaning there's a rabbinical, uh, command to be shavis, to, to rest, to abstain from doing this. So the Mishnah should have used the term mishum shvus in all the cases. There's a shvus when there's no rishus or mitzvah. Then there's a shvus when there's a, then there's a shvus when there's a shvus involved. And then there's a shvus when there's a mitzvah involved. But the Mishnah just says mishum shvus or mishum rishus. Or Mishum Mitzvah. So the Gemara is about the Vahani. The second group, it's only Mishum Rishos Ika. All there is is the Rishos to do it. But Mishum Shavos Laka, but there's no Shavos. Of course, that's the whole point. There's a Shavos not to do the Rishos. Vahani, and then the last group. Mishum Mitzvah, Mishum Mitzvah Ika, there's a Mitzvah there to do it. But Mishum Shavos Laka, but there's no Shavos not to do it. Of course, that's the whole point. There's a Shavos not to do the Mitzvah. So the Mishnah is a little bit um, missing words. So I'm Rabbi Yitzchak. So Rabbi Yitzchak explains how do you read the Mishnah. Lomi the Mishnah is saying a statement in the way of Lomi Bayakamra. Literally it means needless to mention. And now he's gonna paraphr- now he's gonna paraphrase the, the Mishnah. Lomi Bayashvas Gradata. Right, the first line of the Mishnah is Mishum Shvas. Needless to mention Shvas Gradata, the things that are Asr Midrabanan, and there's no real reason to do them, right? To climb in a tree, to ride an animal, to swim. There's no real reason to be able to do that. Lomi Bay things that are a Shvas Gradata, there's they're only a Shvas is only Isr not to do them. And there's no reason to allow them. So, needless to mention, those dasar, those are asar. Elafilush was the rishus. Even what involves things that are otherwise a rishus, even a shvus. In other words, the shvus is going on the second thing. A shvus alone is asar. And even when it's mishum rishus, meaning the shvus that has to do with what's rishus nami, it's still asar. It's still a binding shvus. Lomi by shvus to rishus, and needless to mention, the shvus that is applying to something that's a rishus, that's a quasi mitzvah asar. Elafilu shvus to mitzvah. Even the shvus that pertains to something that's actually a real mitzvah, nami asar, it's still asar. So the word shvus that the missionary refers to in the beginning is carrying through. It's the shvus alone. Or referring to a rishus, or referring to a mitzvah. In all the cases, it's aser, and it's aser on Shabbos, and it's aser on yamtiv. All right, kol elu yamtiv amu. All of these, so the Mishnah said, are aser on yamtiv and on Shabbos, certainly on Shabbos. And the last line of the Mishnah was, and if they're aser on yamtiv and on Shabbos, what's the difference? There is no real difference between yamtiv and Shabbos. Ein min Shabbos liyamtiv ela ochel nefesh. We light only things that have to do with preparing food. So the Gemara. Is troubled because the mission implies that there's no real difference between Shabbos and Yamdiv other than Ochel Nefesh. Rabinu, you want to steer it? It says in the mission before, that you're allowed to drop, you left your um, wheat and barley on the roof to dry, and on Yamdiv it looks like the rain is going to come and it's going to ruin them. They've been drying for a month, so you can drop them through the skylight, through the window in the roof on Yamdiv. Avalo is not on Shabbos. So you see that they were a matir, the tircha, going to the trouble of pushing all of the wheat and barley through the skylight on Yamtiv, and they were not matir on Shabbos. So how does the Mishnah say that there's no difference between Shabbos and Yamtiv, except for preparing, you know, cooking food 
You see here that there's other differences. So I'm Rabbi Yosef Lokash, not a kasha. The Mishnah here is right when it says that there's no difference, and the Mishnah before is right when it says that there is a difference. And the Yamtav you can be mashilin derecharuba, and at times he can't. And it's not a kasha, like kasha. Har Rabbi Yisur, because the one Mishnah is Rabbi Yisur, Har Rabbi Yisur, the other Mishnah is Rabbi Yisur. The Tanya, what's he referring to? It says in the Brisa, Osev as Beno. Osev as Beno means an animal and its offspring, a cow and a calf. The luck is you're not allowed to shech them both on the same day. Osov as beno lo sish chatu biyomechad. You're not allowed to shech them on the same day. So if an osov as beno, a cow and its calf, shenaf of the bar, they fall in a bar. They're both sitting in the bottom of the bar. So what do you do? Rabbi Lazar Omer, Rabbi Lazar says the ma'alas erushin. You can bring up the first one, whichever one you want, the cow or the calf. Amenaz l'shochta with the intention of shechting it. V'shochta and then you shech it. V'asheni the other one, whichever one. You didn't bring up Osalo Parnaso Bimukomo Vishokato. So you can bring up the first animal to Shach, then you shakht it. Vashani the other animal, Osalo Parnaso Bimukomo, you basically provide for it in its place. You bring food, you bring water down into the pit, and you take care of it. But there's no way to bring up the second animal since you're not going to since you're not going to be able to shakht it. You can provide for it there, Kadeshli I was in order that it shouldn't die. But you can't actually bring it up. Have Yeshua Omer? Have Yeshua says no. There's an Eitzah. There's a way to get it up. What you do is as following. You bring up the first animal with intention to shecht it. Then it gets up. You take a look at it and you sort of say, yeah, I don't want to shecht this. I, the other one's probably better. And you don't shecht it. And then you go back. And you make a harama. Literally a trick. And you bring up the other one. So it's called Arama because really you'd be happy with the first one. You're only not happy with the first one because you want to shecht the second one. So you say, I want the second one, and you bring up the second one, and now they're both out. You can choose to shecht whichever one that you want. So you see here that according to Rabbi Eliezer, we're not willing to, Rabbi Eliezer is not willing to allow any form of a Harama. You can bring up the animal that you're going to eat, and the animal you're not going to eat on Yamta, there's no way to bring it up. If Yeshua says, no, you can make harama to allow you to bring up both animals. So, in other words, according to Yazar, you're being very strict, even on Yamta, regarding any tircha, any more tircha than is necessary. And according to Yeshua, no, we make uh, we make uh, harama to allow you to do an extra tircha on Yamta. So he wants to say the same way that Yeshua allows this tircha, he would allow the Tirchan Yamtiv of throwing the, the Chitim and the Saurim through the skylight. And according to Yeshua, that we don't allow this Tircha, we wouldn't allow that Tircha either. And he would say, he would be the author of our mission that says that there's really no difference between Shabbos and Yamtiv except for Ochel Nefesh, and this is us or even on Yamtiv. But I'm the Rabbi, but Abayi says to Yosef, no, no, you might. How do you know? Says who? Dilma, maybe there's a difference. Adkan, like Ka'amar Rabbi Eliezer Hasa. Adkan literally means, you know, until until here, but you mean to say, you know, when does Rabbi Eliezer say over there that you're not allowed to do Arama El Parnasa? It's only there in the case where the animals in the bar, you can go down there, you can bring him food, you can bring him drink, you can provide for him. Since it's possible to provide for him down in the pit, it's not necessary to bring him up, so why should he be allowed to the Tircha? Why should he allow that Tircha? It's not necessary. But in the case of the the barley and the wheat on the roof, the Chitim and Sarim, where it's going to get ruined. So they have Shabbat Parnasa, there's no way to provide for it, there's no way to take care of it. Lo, he wouldn't be so strict. He would allow you to be Toreach, he would allow you to drop it to the roof. Maybe even every other would allow it. Inami, 
or other way around. As when does Yeshua say over there that you're allowed to make harama? You're allowed to bring up both animals only there. Only there because it's possible to make harama. You're actually doing it within a system, right? You're bringing it up and you're saying ah, maybe the other one's better. And since the other one's better, you're actually allowed to bring it up. So you're allowed to bring it up, even though it's only you're only deciding it's better because you want to bring it up, but you're actually saying it's better. Basically, you, basically, there's a way to explain what you're doing in a permissible fashion. That's called a harama. But in the case of the pears on the roof, there's no way to make a harama. It's obvious you're not going to go and grind all the wheat and all the barley and make food out of it. It's obvious you're not doing harama. You're simply doing something. You're doing excessive labor. It's a tircha, yeseira, and it's mutter. So maybe, sorry, and, and it's an yamtiv, and it shouldn't be mutter. And Rabbi Yasser, even according to Rabbi Yeshua. So there's no reason to say that Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer would be the solution to our problem. Elam Rapapa, so Rada says Rapapa, lo kasha. It's not difficult. The solution to our problem is the stira, is not a stira. Ha, beishamai, ha, beishil. One mission is beishamai, one beishil. Beishamai is not mechalik between Shabbos and Yamtav and beishil is. Where do we see this? The time, it's a mission that we learned it before. Mishnah says, the Mishnah says, you're not allowed to take out into the Rosh Hashanah, you can't take them out. In other words, according to Beishamai, you're allowed to be motzi food, you want to take food to your neighbor's house to eat, you want to bring food back for yourself, that's fine, but to carry a child, a lulav, a sefer tairah, it's not tzorech achonavish, it's aser. So, just like on Shabbos, these things are Asr. It's Asr and Yamtiv as well. Ubeis Hillel Matir and Beis Hillel says, it's Mutter. You can carry a child to the street. You can carry a Lulav, a Sefer Tairah. And the same way Beis Hillel allows you to carry a child in a Sefer Tairah and a Lulav. They would allow you to bring your wheat and barley in from the roof. So the question is, who says that's a good comparison? Dumaloi, maybe it's not so. Maybe. Adkan Loka Amri, Beishami Hassan, right? When does Beishami say over there, that you're allowed, that you're not allowed to carry a child or a lulav or a safe return to the street, el only because he's talking about hotza. You're going out into the Jews of Rabbim. Going out into the Jews of Rabbim, maybe he's machmer, avala tildo, but just tildo, just moving things around, chitim and saorim. So on yamtav, wheat and barley is not muksa. What are you doing? You're dropping it through the roof. You're not doing hotza. You're, you're putting it from your roof into your room. There's no shilas there of hotza. It's just tildo. It's just like moving something around. Lao. So maybe they wouldn't be so machmer. Maybe Beishamai would allow you to do that. So the Gemara says, no, it's not true. Atu tilto lavterachotai is not every tilto, is not every time you move something for the sake of otzai. Meaning Rashi says, what's the reason why the Rabbanin said there's an iser of tilto, which is another word for a muktzah. Why is there an iser of muktzah and If you're not allowed to pick up things to move them around, because you might carry them out into the Rabbim. You're not allowed to pick up a hammer, you might carry it out into the Rabbim. You can't pick up money or stones, you might carry it into the Rabbim. So why are you allowed to pick up food, or why are you allowed to pick up kalim? Because it's too much. It's, uh, it's, well, it's too much to be goes there. But essentially, the reason why you're not allowed to pick up things that are muksa is because you might carry them into the Rishas Rabbim. And therefore, it follows, if according to Hashanah, you're not allowed to carry into Rishas Rabbim things for no reason, you can carry food, but nothing else, not a child, not a lulav, not a tefer So also, these chitim and the saorim, which you're not going to eat, it would be aser to pick them up. And if Hashanah says it's aser, and Bishamah would say, therefore, it's Asr and Yamtiv, and there's no difference between Yamtiv and Shabbos other than actual Ochel Nefesh. Papes Hillel says, 
No, Basilo says you're allowed to carry a safer tar, you're allowed to carry a child, you're allowed to carry a lulav, and he would also say that you're allowed to carry in the chitim and this arm from the roof to save yourself. Says the Mishnah. So starting a new um, Indian, the Indian of Tchumen. A person's animal, a person's kalim, his utensils are literally like the feet of the bayim. Meaning to say there's a lacha of Tchum. You're not allowed to go on Yamtiv or on Shabbos more than 2,000 amas away. If you're in a city, it's 2,000 amas outside of the city. If you're in the middle of nowhere, it's 2,000 amas around where you are. So the Mishnah says your animal, your possessions, your kalim, they have the same halachas as you. They can be taken by other people as well, only like where the feet of the bayim can carry them. As far as you can walk, your behema can be taken and your kalim can be taken. If you give your animal over on Yamtiv to your son to watch or to a shepherd on Yamtiv, you give it over. But when Yamtiv came in, it was in your rishos. So these are like your own reglion, like your own feet. And the child or the shepherd can only take them where you could have taken them. Kalim that are designated, that are specifically belonging to one of the brothers, Shabbat in a home. In other words, there's a home and there's many brothers and there's, let's say, somebody's coat, somebody's hat, somebody's shoes. So the kalim that belongs specifically to one of the members of the family, so they are like his feet. They can go wherever he can go. But the kalim that belong to the house and they're not designated for one particular person. You know, the cutlery, the, the chairs, the tables, they belong to everybody equally. So these are like the place where all of the people could go. In other words, Rashi explains they're limited by the tchum of everybody. So if one person in the house can go 2,000 amas to the right and not to the left, and the other person can go 2,000 amas to the left and not to the right, or actually 4,000 to the right and nothing to the left, or 4,000 to the left nothing to the right, in such a case, the kalim in the house couldn't go anywhere. They can't go anywhere where there's somebody who's not allowed to go there. They can only go places where everybody can go equally. If a person borrows a kli from his friend in Erev Yamdav, since he has it in his Rishos on Erev Yamdav, so then the lachis, it can go like the feet, like wherever the shoal himself can go. But if he borrows it from Yamdav, so when Yamdav came in, it was in the hands of the mashal of the lender. So then it's Karagliya mashal. So then they can go like the feet of the mashal, wherever the mashal could have gone. It basically depends in whose Rishos they are when Yamtiv comes in. Similarly, a woman. She borrows from her friend Tavlin. She borrows spices to put into her food, into her dish. Umayin, where she borrows water from milk and salt, to put into her dough. So now she has a tavshil with her friend's spices. She has a dough, a bread, with her friend's water, her friend's salt. So these foods, the tavshil and the bread, is it can go where both of them can go, because it's got one woman's food and the other woman's spices. It's got one woman's flour and the other woman's water and salt. Buddha says, in the case of water, your potter meaning to say the tchum is not subject to the person who gave the water. Why is the tchum subject to the person who gave the water? Because there's nothing, there's no mamashas there, meaning to say when you give water and you put it in a bread, and you bake the bread, the water essentially evaporates in the bread. And even in the case of a tavsha, we're talking about a tavsha would dry it out and it's essentially dry. So in such a case, you don't really see the water, so you're not limited by the tchum of the water, of the owner of the water.